0: Welcome back to the Thriving Thyroid Podcast, where we choose to become empowered patients and take our health into our own hands. Hi, I'm Shannon Hansen, a Christian entrepreneur, a mom of three, and after dealing with my own health mysteries, I made it my mission to learn everything I could about the thyroid, I soon became certified as a holistic wellness practitioner, a functional nutrition practitioner, and a functional diagnostic practitioner, and so much more. After that, I founded the revolutionary thyroid program, The Hansen Method. that work for not only your thyroid, your hormones, your family, and your mindset so that you can get back to living the life that you envision for yourself. Welcome to the Thriving Thyroid Podcast. All right, you guys. Welcome back to the Thriving Thyroid Podcast with Shannon Hampson, myself. Uh, Today, we are talking about the 80-20 rule and how does that pertain to thyroid or does it even pertain to Thyroid imbalances. And by 80 20, I don't mean eating 80% clean and 20% junk food. What I mean by 80 20 is 80% nutrition, 20% exercise. Okay? This is, there's a lot of 80 20s out there. And one of the things that I want to, well, Before we go there, (laughs) I want to fill you guys in. So I am recording from the car and I, part of the reason for this is many, many moons ago, before I even had my business online, before I even knew what I was doing, I remember listening to a podcast in my kitchen, at my kitchen sink, and I just had this overwhelming feeling of, you're going to have a podcast today. I didn't know what my podcast was going to be about. I didn't know. I didn't know anything. Right. And as time went on, as little by little, I learned and developed like my thyroid story and found ways to overcome it and started wanting to work with people and on and on and on. A podcast just made logical sense because a lot of listeners, a lot of consumers out there, we want different forms of long form content, meaning video, right? Like a YouTube channel, meaning like a blog, where you can go search the person's blog information or in my case, a podcast. And I chose a podcast, because I remember listening, I think it was to the gold digger goal digger. Um, and maybe a few other people like Stephanie Gass and, and whatever. And they all talked about recording podcast episodes from their car because they were busy moms and they were community and they were doing driveline and they were doing all of these things. And I was like, that is the lifestyle that I want. I want to be able to make money but also maximize my time. Like what else am I going to do in the car? I mean, come on. <laughs> I, well, really what I have been doing as I listen to audiobooks or I listen to podcasts, um, some of my trainings that I do professionally, if some of the trainings can be just listened to in an audio format and then I can go home and take the quiz. Like what a great use of my time. And I'm all about getting stuff done right? I probably why I'm where I'm at and in that burnout, adrenal exhaustion phase, um, is because I love to get things accomplished and that feels very satisfying for me. And as the years have gone on, i I'm learning to slow down and take time for myself. And there we go. So let's dive into this 80, 20 rule. Now, I believe that health encompasses five main areas, four areas, but five, right? Like I'm going to throw five in there because, because of the modern society that we are in. So first diet, 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 diet. We can do so much with our body simply by changing what we are putting into our body. Okay. We have tons of podcasts where we talk about diet and the importance of of nutrition. And when I mean diet, I don't mean deprivation. I mean, nutritional intake. (laughs) Okay. Um, And everybody's body is so vastly different. My nutritional needs are different than my husband's. Both of our needs are different than our children. My needs are going to be listened to Jessica, the, you know, out there listening to the podcast, her nutritional needs, even though we may be similar age, right? Early thirties, mid thirties. Um, I, I think I have officially gotten into the mid thirties this year. I don't know. 33. <laughs> um, is that mid thirties? I don't know. Okay. Side note. Um, you know, early mid thirties, thyroid, adrenal four kids, right? Like, even though we have a lot of similarities, there are going to be different nutritional needs for each one of us. I live in Arizona. It is hot outside and I sweat. So I might need more water than she does. Um, She may be a slow oxidizer and I'm a fast oxidizer. Like (laughs) the ratios of protein, carbs and fats are going to be different. Okay. Okay. The second component of this is rest. Now I am, (laughs) I am going to say this and I've worked with a lot of people and people are like, Oh yeah, I sleep fine. You guys, y'all aren't sleeping good. (laughs) It may be your normal and you may talk to your friend, but it's not normal. It may be common, but it's not normal. Okay. So sleep is vitally important. Rest is vitally important at allowing our body to restore itself and repair and rejuvenate. And for many, many years, I, after having kids, my sleep got put on the, on a back burner. I was running a business from the basement of my home and I, was staying up till one, two, three o'clock in the morning only to be woken up in the middle of the night by babies and then up at six, maybe seven o'clock. And I was freaking exhausted, okay? And I did that for way too long. And that, once again, has impacted my health. And even, so let's say you're out of the baby-making phase, maybe you're in the menopausal phase, where you either have insomnia or you're waking up frequently in the middle of the night to go to the bathroom. That may be, like I said, common. You may talk to a friend and she's like, Oh yeah, I have that. My, my doctor is not worried about it. Or, you know, you're sitting at the table and five out of six of your friends, same thing just because it is common does not mean that it is normal. Okay. So please make that separation and prioritize your sleep. So, Prioritizing your sleep means like seven to eight hours of sleep at night, restful sleep. You should wake up in the morning feeling rejuvenated, ready to go. Okay. The third part is exercise. Yay, exercise. (laughs) And that can feel overwhelming. It can feel daunting. It can feel time consuming. Um, I felt like I was starting to get in a good exercise routine. And then I got pregnant with baby number four. Y'all know I got super sick. Um, lots of food reactions, very tired. Um, I had a lot going on externally in my life. And then later in my pregnancy, I got even more sick where I was pretty much in bed for a good six months. Um, or not six months, six weeks. I walking, I I did not go upstairs for more than four months. Okay. Um, it was too exhausting, took too much out of me. And that really left me in a bad situation because my laundry room is upstairs. And exercise at that point was not an option for my body. However, I coming after postpartum and it was really difficult to get back into the swing of things. I'll be honest, it was, it was extremely challenging to go back to that because I spent so long being pregnant and so long in the bed, not using muscles. It was like, oh my gosh, I am so weak, but I didn't want to go back to the gym because I didn't want to be sore, okay? But exercise is super, super important and i'm going to tell you guys another quick little side note about exercise for me recently is i started doing pure bar i was a former dancer i love dancing and i was like this is something i can get behind it's not dance but there are similar movements and techniques and things and i was like it would be as close to dance for me as possible while still getting in a good exercise, low impact, um, lots of stretching, lots of movements, and and building muscle. And so that was definitely something that appealed to me, and they just opened a studio right by my house, and I jumped in and I did a couple classes, and then guess what? It was Friday night. One kid's at softball, another kid's playing with friends. It is dinner time. I had probably it was a really challenging workout. And I remember thinking halfway through, I should just give up. Like, this isn't worth it. I don't know if things will ever change or ever get easier. And then I was like, no, Shannon, keep going. Like, if you give up now, <laughs> you're not going to be any further ahead, right? And so I did. I through. I persevered. And after class, I got out to the car. And immediately it was like, I feel bad. I'm not at the softball game. I feel bad that I'm missing this kid's activities, and and I need to go pick up this kid. And so immediately I'm on, I'm back on the phone, making calls, making arrangements, trying to figure out dinner. You know, putting all the puzzle pieces together, and I broke down. I broke down crying to my husband on the phone, and I was like, Why do I feel so guilty? for, for going and exercising. And he's like, you shouldn't feel guilty. I'm like, but I do. Where is this guilt coming from? And I think for so long and society tells us that our job as women is to take care of everybody else's needs and to prioritize everybody else's needs ahead of our own. And this can be very confusing to the brain, right? Like, I am trying to take care of myself and exercise so that I have a good, strong, healthy body and I can participate in activities with my kids and I can be around as a grandma and I can play on the floor with my grandkids and I can do simple things. You guys, I have a friend um, who is a personal trainer and she focuses on strength in in a realistic and functional way. She's like, I just want some of these people. be able to carry in their groceries from, from the car to the house. I want them to be able to sit down on the toilet and stand up. And that has always been something that I have held onto because I'm like, yeah, what if I can't do that? What if sitting down on the floor and getting up becomes challenging? I don't want that. Right. And so It's not about going to the gym and getting skinnier. It's about maintaining function of my body that is more important to me, okay? Of course I wanna lose weight. I think all of us women, you know, whether it's five pounds, 10 pounds, 15 pounds, like most of us could be there. Some people with hypothyroidism or hyperthyroidism, they're like, yeah, I wanna gain a couple pounds, (laughs) right? but either way, it's something to it, something to keep in mind. So exercise for me is more about the functionality of my body and the range of motion that I have. I want to be able to go on a hike with my kids and not be exhausted. I want to be able to climb the 1,500 million stairs to take my kids to the biggest water slide and slide down and not feel completely exhausted and out of breath. I don't want to take them to these water parks where you have to all step on the scale and be worried if I'm going to be the person that's going to put them over the weight limit, okay? And that comes by physically moving my body. That comes from the exercise and the care, and so, yes, I'm still working through the mom guilt of, I shouldn't be, shouldn't be... um, you know, exercising, which in all reality, for me to spend three to four hours every single week exercising outside the home should not be that big of a deal. But I think for many of us women, it is a big deal. And let me just say, Pure Bar, if you guys know, you know, it's kind of expensive. Like a monthly membership for me, I don't know about all of the areas and all of the places I got in, um, because it's a brand new place, so I think they're doing like a, a discount or whatever. It's like a hundred and forty dollars a month. That is not cheap, and it. I think that might be where some of the other guilt it for me is coming from because I. <laughs> that is a consistent um, expense that I now have, and now I now accrue. I, I accrue right, but. I don't get my nails done the way that I used to. I don't get my hair done. I don't do fake eyelashes and and stuff anymore. Like, so why not prioritize that money into myself and my physical body? Hopefully, you guys, and, I, and I'm saying this to the listeners out there because I know there are other women who feel and think the way that I do. I could spend... on horseback riding for my kid and I not even, a month, right? And I wouldn't even blink an eye because it's for them. Okay. It's more expensive, but for them, I would do it. I would find a way to to do it and to make it happen and whatever. But for myself, it's like, Ooh, that's uncomfortable. Yeah. I don't know that. I don't, I, here's what it really is. You guys, I don't know if I am worthy or worth a hundred and forty dollars a month and time, but oh man, this feels big. I'm having a breakthrough on <laughs> on this podcast. I would not want my kids, my daughters, to ever think or feel that about themselves. I would not want them to grow up and become an adult and have children and not think that they were worthy of taking care of themselves and spending $140 a month on exercise and whatever. Okay. So you mamas out there, you are worth it. You are absolutely worth the time, the energy, the finances, all of it. More money can be made. Things can be sold. I mean, don't go crazy. I'm not giving you permission to go crazy, but I am giving you permission to forget the Starbucks and to spend time exercising or doing whatever you need to work on, okay? All right, so that's number three. Number four is stress management. I had a blank <laughs> Stress management, oh my goodness, I think many of us and listening to the podcast can relate to high stress, whether it's long-term, short-term, but a lot of us can relate to to stress. I grew up in a very stressful environment growing up, and I think there's still a part of me that is, holding on to the residual feeling of being stressed out because that's all that I know versus my husband who was like, oh, that's fine. No big deal. Oh, it'll all work out. And I'm thinking, what are you talking about? Like, this is no, no, <laughs> you know? And guess what? He's right. It always ends up working out and it always works out. Okay. It may not be what I thought, but this is where stress management comes into play, is sometimes that stress is perceived stress. It's not actual stress. It is perceived stress based on external factors. Some of these things are in our control. Some of them are out of our control, right? In control would be, I just went and spent $1,000 on... I don't know, new shoes, but my mortgage is a thousand dollars. And now I don't know how I'm going to pay my mortgage. Perceived stress. That would be something in our control versus an external thing that I'm trying to think of a a good example. Um, Somebody hits you in a car accident, right? Like that is out of your control and they weren't paying attention. It wasn't you not paying attention. Now you're having to fix all of the, all of the other pieces and so on and so forth. Okay. And the last one is going to be supplementation. So I, I, I've gotten this question from my clients who are like, am I going to have to supplement for the rest of my life? And the answer is yes and no. Okay. Um, I, I have a love-hate relationship with supplements. I love taking supplements, especially ones that make me feel really good or that I feel like are working, or I can see kind of some kind of result from taking said supplement. On the other hand, sometimes I don't like swallowing pills. Sometimes I don't want that to be part of my r- routine or my ritual for the day because I'm exhausted and I'm burnt out and I just don't want to deal with it, right? <laughs> so yes, I, I, and i'm I'm trying to like be careful with what I say only because everybody is so different. But one of the things that I like my clients to consider, is at least taking digestive enzymes when you're going out to eat. Because while it may be gluten-free, while it may be, you know, better for you or, you know, whatever, there's usually things when you go out to eat that you don't encounter at home. For example, they put s- certain preservatives on salad stuff for a salad bar. And that's something that's not necessarily In your control, right, and not that those. Well, I mean, ideally, we don't want the preservatives, but it might be a little bit harder on your stomach to digest and to break down. I had a client a while ago. She sent me this picture, and it was like you could tell she was at a super nice, fancy restaurant. It was like a filet mignon with asparagus and um, I think mashed potatoes or something along those lines, and it was like. This beautiful, beautiful plate that had this, some kind of sauce drizzle around the edges, and it just looked incredible, right? And she took a picture and she sent it to me and she said, Why did I feel so terrible afterwards? (laughs) She's like, There shouldn't be anything on this plate that I shouldn't be eating. And I was like, You know, it might be the oils that they're cooking the things in. The maybe even if they're using butter the butter could have been at too high of a smoke point and then it went rancid and then now you're eating it and not feeling good. Like I don't know because I don't know all, how everything was cooked and prepared. And so my advice to someone externally is to take digestive enzymes. And my other advice is probiotics. You guys, those are my two two big ones that I'm like, yeah, everybody should at least have those in their closet or have not closet, but like have access to those two things to use. There's different enzymes, there's different probiotics, you know, and, and different probiotics are used for different things. If you guys head over to the Facebook group, um, Thriving Thyroid Balance Community and search probiotics, I have a graphic that I think it says something like best probiotics. And then there's like a list of probiotics and which strands are used for what. And I have, um, a friend, a family member that was like, what can I do for allergies? And I was like, consider taking this probiotic. And she did all summer. And she came and told me a couple weeks ago, she's like, I did not have to take any allergy medicine. I didn't have to do Zyrtec. I didn't have to do, I don't even know all the allergy medicines, um, Claritin or Benadryl or anything like that. She said it was by far my best, best allergy season. And I was like, amazing. So she is a believer in that. And it's just so important to know what we're doing and our body goes through different phases and has different nutritional needs based on different points in our life. My nutritional needs while I'm pregnant and nursing is going to be different than someone who is going through menopause. And supplementation can fill in those gaps because sometimes food is going to leave us with gaps, especially if you are a picky eater, especially if you don't like certain things. All of that is totally fine, but then we also need to take a wider picture and a wider range and say, you know what? These supplementations are helping to fill in those gaps so that I can have a good, healthy lifestyle. Okay, so I have rambled on more and longer than I thought I was going to about those five things, but I want you guys to consider the 80-20 rule. Abs. I are made in the kitchen. It's going to be dependent upon what you are eating. And I will tell you currently one of the big things that I am working on is getting in enough protein. I am drastically deficient in protein every single day. and it is a the struggle is real. The struggle is real. And I find that I do really good for breakfast and dinner. Lunchtime is my struggle because I don't necessarily want to cook something for lunch. And what ends up happening is everybody takes my leftovers because they look amazing and they taste amazing and that's what they want to eat. And so I don't have enough protein for lunch. And like, and and, in all honesty, I do best with animal protein. I could do hemp seeds and things like that, but it's not the same for me as like chicken or beef or something like that. And so one of the big areas that I am personally working on is getting more protein in my diet, being more prepared with extra protein without getting myself burnt out of the same thing. And one of the things that I have found the most beneficial for me to do that is crock pot. I can make really yummy, delicious crock pot stuff that is fast and easy and is good for that day and then, or like that night, right? And then I can make extra and pair it with some kind of vegetable or something super easy. So, um, I am going to be sharing this really delicious recipe of chicken on my Instagram very, very soon in a reel. It's got like a nice smoky flavor and you guys, it was so easy. It's so, so easy and the flavor profile is incredible. And so long story short, head over and follow me on Instagram and you guys can check out that reel at Thriving Thyroid. And I will see you guys on the next. Before you go, since we're talking about nutrition and the importance of diet, I wanted to share with you guys that in the show notes, you guys can head over and purchase the hypothyroidism recipe book. It includes over 12 recipes for smoothies as one book. And then I have breakfast, lunch, dinner, snacks, And sweet treats, all of them hypothyroid friendly. So if you are looking at giving your body the nutrition that you need to help fill in those nutritional gaps using food and nutrition, head over, check out that ebook and start incorporating those recipes because they are delicious and you will love them just the way that I love them and my kids love them. I'll see you on the next. Wait before you go. Please subscribe if you found value in today's episode. Leave us a review and share on Instagram and please tag us. We love your reviews. Pretty please.